You go or I go? You go. Hey guys, this is Adam Minahan with David Niles for The Catholic Man Show, and this is a very special edition of The Catholic Man Show. That we're, actually, this is the first time we've ever done this, Dave. This is a two-week open-to-the-public episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited about it because Pat has put together a course for us. Pat, For the, for Pat the patrons. Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn. Okay. Of The Pat Flynn Show. Mm -hmm. Chronicles of Strength. Big fan com. of him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we asked him to put together this course for us, and it only exists for our patrons. Um, and we're very we we loved it so much we wanted to share the first episode with everybody. Right. Um, in this first episode, he really covers a lot of important stuff. Um, you know, like the virtues and vices that go along with fitness mm -hmm. and nutrition. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he and when you dive into the fitness world, some of the pitfalls that are there for people both um you know of quitting early and getting over committed you know mm -hmm. um and, and maintaining are you temperance. moderation yes temperance moderation exactly but he goes into it in so much detail in this first episode it, it was just incredible yeah he talks about to. the four cardinal virtues and applies them all mm -hmm. into the fitness realm and so anyway we wanted to share it with you we're only going to keep this up for two weeks two weeks if you like this if you like the episode if you support our show on patreon.com slash the catholic man show he actually did uh, i think 12 videos for us we asked him to do five he and, made, yeah and he submitted <laughs> like 12 and so uh, the the videos show how to you know uh pat flynn is a expert in like kettlebells like he's he's even done a like mm -hmm. number one best selling on amazon on kettlebells right and so he, he goes through and, and shows you the physical like what to do how to do it how, how not to yeah, do it like a, he has like a 12 minute video on the technique of the kettlebell swing right and so so it's both um spiritual and physical it's both learning how to make sure to do it the right way mm -hmm. on a physical standpoint and then also understanding the uh, pros and cons and the, the virtues and vices of the spiritual realm of fitness. And so it's a, a very well-rounded, a holistic approach to uh, making sure to, to get a workout routine, to get right. a, to develop a habit of uh, making right. sure to, to be uh, a virtue almost, uh, almost like some, some, some would say you can almost virtue. say it as a virtue. Yeah. Yes. And so anyway, we wanted to share this with you. If you like it and you're interested in picking up a workout routine that would only cost you, in all honesty, it would only cost you like 30 to 40 bucks to pick up you know, a couple kettlebells because it goes through basically the whole thing on, on how to utilize a, a strong workout with a minimalistic approach with only using kettlebells. So it only costs you 30, 40 bucks, like one month's worth or not even one month's worth of a gym membership. Uh, you know, if you, you want to get a system and a routine down, you, you've never had a physical trainer before. You never had a coach to teach you. Here's how to. Here's the steps that you should take. Here's the techniques that you should use in order to uh, use these kettlebells to work out in a proper way to where you don't hurt yourself, but you can you can see results very quickly. Right, and, and just how to do it the right way. And how to know, do it the so right you, way. So right. You maximize the the work you're that you're doing. Right. So we put the we put together this course. Or Pat Flynn put together put together this course for our patrons and we're going to share at least the first one with you for two weeks uh, i hope you guys enjoyed as much as we did we want to thank pat flynn obviously for putting it together and if you go check him out at the pat flynn show uh, and chroniclesofstrength.com
Hello, patrons of the Catholic Man Show. My name is Pat Flynn, and what an honor it is to have the opportunity to lead you through this course where we are going to talk about the relationship between fitness and virtue, where I will share my experiences with you as somebody who is both a convert to fitness and a Catholic faith, and where I see the deep compatibility and complementarity between the physical and spiritual life. So I'm going to talk to you about virtue. I'm going to talk to you about practical tips for getting in shape. I'm going to talk to you about sustainable eating habits so that we can treat our bodies as they deserve to be treated, as the gifts that they are from God, as temples of the Holy Spirit. I want to keep things simple. I want to keep things to the point. And I want to give you stuff that you can really use, work with, feel good about, and that you'll be able to implement even with an otherwise busy life. I get it. I'm I'm busy. I've got a million projects. I've got children. I've got a family. Yet we still have obligations to care for ourselves. We have more obligations to take care of ourselves, to, to be healthy, to pursue health. And um, of course, not at the expense of our other obligations, like, like our family. So we want to make sure that what we're doing is effective and what we're doing is efficient. So I really look forward to this opportunity to, to share whatever I can with you, and I hope that it serves you. In this first lesson, I want to just discuss in a general way where I see the, the compatibility and, and the relationship between fitness, generally speaking, and the moral life. Specifically, we're going to talk about virtues and vices and where I see opportunities to acquire virtue when pursuing fitness, but also snares, snares within the pursuit of fitness and health that could lead to vicious behavior as well. And here I think a little bit of background of personal information about me may be, may be useful to just start this conversation. So I grew up in a very unhealthy, overweight environment. A lot of my family has always struggled with obesity and Certainly, I was never taught anything about uh, the importance of, of a healthy diet or healthy lifestyle when I was young. So like I said, I developed uh, something of a considerable weight problem at a fairly young age. And uh, over the years, you know, it just it, it caused me more and more grief, uh, not just physical grief. You know, I wasn't happy with the way I felt. I wasn't happy with the way I looked. Uh, but, you know, I was just never able to do a lot of the things that I wanted to do. I was never really athletic. Um you know, there was some teasing from the friends because I was kind of the chubby one in the group. So, you know, eventually I decided enough is enough. This is no way to live. I need to do something about my health, about my fitness. Plus, I had a little bit of an intervention from my doctor at one point, and, and she said very directly, and this is what a good doctor should do uh, because facts don't care about your feelings. But the doctor said, Pat, look, if you continue living like this, if you continue this sort of sedentary lifestyle where you just really overindulge a bunch of hyper palatable foods. You could have a heart attack by the time you're 45 or 50 and your life could just be, you know, a, a, a lot shorter uh, than you want it to be and, and far less of the type of quality that I'm sure that you're seeking out of life. And that really, that really shook me. That really woke me up. And uh, so from there, and this is probably, you know, around mid to late high school, I decided, all right, I need to, I need to figure something out. I need to start trying to take care of myself, take, you know, try to get, try to get in shape start doing some form of exercise, try to figure out what healthy eating is. And so I stumbled upon martial arts. That was kind of my first introduction to fitness. And, and I was very fortunate there. I had a, a great coach who, who taught me some of the basics of, of, of weight training and, and conditioning and stuff like that. Um, however, however, um, I, I, I became so enthralled by it because I started seeing results and I started seeing this great transformation that, that I, I sort of slid from one set of vices of sort of a, a gluttony, 
and 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 sloth uh, to other vices because I became so obsessed with fitness. It sort of consumed my life, and I started ignoring other important moral obligations that I had uh, because I became so single-minded in my fitness pursuits, and it and it led to a sort of uh, oh, this sort of ego comparativeness of, of me and other, other people in the gym that was really unhealthy and this, this sort of narcissism and all these other vices. So I kind of really just went from one set of vices to another set of vices. And, and it took me a long time to realize that. And in fact, part of, part of what got me to realize that was my conversion to the Catholic faith and, and seeing how, uh, or seeing what the church teaches about the moral life of what it means to live a good life and, and what virtues are uh, virtues being perfections of our powers and, and good habits. And we're going to talk about all that and realizing, Oh, wow. A lot of this stuff I'm doing in fitness, like, yeah, it's, it's good in some ways, but it's actually kind of really bad in other ways. Like I'm failing in my other obligations because I'm so obsessive. Like I'm offending people because I'm so picky about what I eat and having to get my workout in that, you know, whatever, uh, goodness I'm getting out of this in terms of the activity itself. It's so wrapped up in bad intentions and bad circumstances that it's overall kind of vicious. So what I want to do in this sort of opening lesson is, is just lay the groundwork, the philosophical and moral groundwork as it, as it is in our great Catholic tradition uh, with respect to virtues. What, what are virtues and with respect to vices? Now we're not going to cover every virtue and vice. This is of course is a great study. Um, and in fact, I had a wonderful conversation with uh, the host of the Catholic Band Show introducing traditional natural law and virtues and vices, and I would highly encourage you to check out that episode to supplement this lesson here. But what I want to do is just set, some, set the stage, talk about what virtues are, and then specifically talk about virtues and vices that I think relate to fitness. And when I, what I mean by that are the opportunities we have in our physical pursuits in our pursuits of trying to become fit and become healthy, uh, what opportunities there are there to uh, develop virtue, but also what snares to look out for. Where do people kind of slide into vicious behavior uh, in relation to what I might call mainstream fitness culture, okay? Uh, and then once we have the stage set there, uh, this will help to focus our intentions of, I think, the best way to pursue fitness and health before we start getting into any of the sort of practical specifics to make sure that um, what we do in the gym, what we do in the in the kitchen is promoting flourishing for the whole person, whole person flourishing, that we live the good life overall, right? That we respect our bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit, but we always keep our minds focused on our true and proper end, which of course is God and avoiding anything that could lead us away from that, which is a sort of self-love or narcissism that people can sometimes develop in the gym. We want to avoid that, right? We want fitness to serve us towards our ultimate end. We do not want to become slaves to a sort of ego comparative mentality in the gym either. Very important. It's something that I fell into for many years. And let me tell you, there is not happiness to be found there. So let's begin by talking about virtues in general. What is a virtue? Well, virtue is a good habit. That's, that's what a virtue is. Well, you might ask, well, Pat, what is a habit? <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you this. A habit is a stable character trait that inclines us toward a particular action. Let me repeat that. A habit is a stable character trait that inclines us toward a particular action. In short, a habit is something that's hard to get rid of. It's a quality of a person, right? Now, 
very quickly, uh, not all habits are virtues and vices, at least not immediately, right? We have many habits in life that might sort of be morally neutral. You know, I have habits that I'm in that just help me be a, an entrepreneur and a writer and, and stuff like that. So th they don't immediately connect to the moral life. There might be deeper connections. But where virtue and vice come in, uh, this relates to habits that are required. Virtues are habits that are required, that are necessary for a good and happy life, right? So a good and happy life requires the right habits. And those right habits are what we call the virtues and the wrong habits, the, ha the habits that sort of tilt us away from a good and happy life. Those are vices, right? So some, some morally good habits or habits of prayer and regular exercise and temperance and eating. We'll talk about all those. Um, those, you know, those are virtues and virtues are perfections of our powers. That's another way to see it. We have a certain nature, uh, God gave us a human nature. We're rational animals, but part of that rational animality on the animality side includes a lot of physical embodiment, right? So this is obviously going to have um, uh, importance uh, in terms of fitness and nutrition because we aren't just immaterial intellects, we're rational animals. So, you know, a lot of what will be good for us will be uh, related to taking care of our bodies and developing habits that help us take care of our bodies as well. So virtues, once more, are those habits required for a good and happy life. They promote our objective flourishing as the kinds of beings that we are, which are rational animals, ultimately oriented towards God, uh, to enjoy friendship with God and to be a vision. So um, virtues are habits that are necessary. For a good and happy life, whereas vices are habits that we would say are universally undesirable. These are habits we absolutely do not want because they tilt us or, or lean us away from the good and happy life that can cause us to miss our ultimate end, to be to be a good human. That's the, that's vices lead us astray from being a good human, right? So um, we have these different powers as human beings, right? Ways that we kind of bear in on the world, uh, and every major power we have. Um, you know, there's a virtue that perfects that power, right? So as, you know, happiness requires the perfect use of our powers, so too does happiness involve having each of the virtues. That's a classic sort of traditional way of putting it. So to make this a little bit more concrete, what, what we should do is we should start with what are called the four cardinal virtues and show how these virtues perfect a different aspect of us that is necessary in order for us to live a good life. So let's go through these now, right? So the, the first one would, would be this, right? Is, is the virtue that perfects our reasoning power, right? That's one of the powers we have, the power to reason. Uh, that virtue is called prudence. So the virtue that perfects our reasoning power is called prudence, and prudence is right reason applied to action. We'll have more to say on that in a minute, but that's the first one. Prudence is sort of the chariot virtue, right? This is the, the virtue that carts all the other virtues and helps us to uh, bake those sort of it, it, it's moral street smarts, if you will, helps us to, to just kind of know what the right action is, uh, with the right intention in the right circumstances, you know, a really prudent person because they can just make those good, uh, sort of snap moral judgments, right? So it's a practical reasoning, right? Reason applied to action. That's prudence. And so the virtue, and that's the virtue that perfects our reasoning power. Okay. The virtue that, per that perfects our pursuit of pleasure that is called temperance. And immediately I'm sure you'll begin to think of, how that will relate to things like dieting, for example, right? Like pleasures are good, you know, they're there for a reason, but, uh, you know, we can't let our passions and, and pleasures overrule our reason and uh, totally just pull us in, in any direction, right? So we need to make sure that we perfect our pursuit of pleasures and that virtue is called temperance. Okay, the virtue that uh, perfects us in overcoming 
challenges and difficulties, because life is faced with many challenges and difficulties, there's often challenges and difficulties between us and, and something that is really good. Well, the virtue that helps with that perfection is called fortitude or courage. All right. And we got one more here. There's four cardinal virtues. These are sort of the hinge virtues upon which a good life hinges upon. That's why they're called cardinal virtues. And that final uh, virtue, the final cardinal virtue is the one that perfects our social power, the obligations that we have uh, to others, uh, but even to ourselves as well. And that virtue is justice. Okay. So really quickly, the four cardinal virtues are again, prudence, which relates to perfecting our reasoning power, temperance, which relates to perfecting our pursuit of pleasure, fortitude, which relates to overcoming challenges, and justice, which relates to perfecting our social powers, right? Now, it's, it's, uh, they're called, they're, again, they're called cardinal virtues because they are essential for the good and happy life. You know, the root word there uh, is related to the word hinge. So, like, the good and, and happy life hinges upon these virtues. So, uh, very, very important. All right. So, what I would like to do now is talk about how I see each of these virtues um, relating to fitness and what some of the corresponding vices are that we should keep on the lookout for. So what are the opportunities to increasing these virtues in our pursuit of fitness? What's the relationship here, especially as regards uh, exercise and healthy eating? And what are the things to look out for? What are some of the, the sins against prudence, for example, or the sins against temperance uh, that we can so easily slide into? And some of these, you know, some of these might surprise you. Some of them aren't so obvious. So I, I hope that you'll find this uh, this initial stage setting conversation very uh, fascinating and enlightening. Because I'll tell you, um, you know, uh, vices can sometimes disguise themselves as virtues, and it's very easy to rationalize vicious behavior by thinking or pretending like we're doing something virtuous. So I think this is a really important thing to consider. But let's let's take it step by step here. We'll get we'll begin with prudence. And it's also under, uh, important to understand that all these virtues, they kind of have parts or things that make up the virtue. So, so prudence has different parts, and prudence involves parts like deliberation and judgment and action. So just a quick overview of these. Deliberation, what is that? Well, that involves studying and asking people for advice, hopefully wise people. We don't want to just ask anybody for advice. You know, If you're prudent or you want to be prudent, you should ask wise people, you know, people who really know something and, and are experienced for advice. So that's that's deliberation. It's thinking about things, right? Uh, trying to get the facts straight, if you will. Now, judgment happens because at some point we have to make a choice. You know, we can't just sit and deliberate forever, right? So, you know, should we follow this diet or should we follow that diet or should we follow any diet at all? So maybe we're deliberating about a healthy eating plan. We're asking people for advice. We're kind of reading the research and we're deliberating. What's going to make sense for me? What's going to be healthy, right? Well, judgment uh, is when we make that decision. And a proper judgment, a good judgment, is just a good decision or a right decision. So these are parts of prudence. We have deliberation, and then we have judgment. There's one final part of prudence, and that is action. Action is very important because action follows upon proper judgment. Now, proper action is working through the means to accomplish that which a proper judgment has decided upon. So if you decide I'm going to follow diet X because I've decided this is good for me, it will help my heart health and help me lose weight, well then proper action will demand that uh, you do whatever is necessary to follow that diet. So growing to the grocery store, uh, preparing meals, all those sorts of things, right? So proper action is actually just getting yourself to do that upon which you have judged upon. It, it, very important, right? And definitely relates to fitness because a lot of times people kind of know Right, they kind of know what they should be doing. They kind of they kind of have the deliberation and judgment part figured out. Not not all the time, but 
some of the time, and but they have trouble following through, right? They just can't seem to get themselves to do what they know they should be doing. That would be a failure on the part of action related to prudence. We'll talk more about that as, as we go along. But what are some vices, right? What are some vices against prudence? What are some sins against prudence? Well, I'll name a few as I think they're relevant to fitness and health. One is thoughtlessness, right? Obvious, obvious vice, right? Just not using the reasoning power that God gave you to figure out what good action is. And you see thoughtlessness all the time in fitness and health. People don't think about what they're eating. They don't consider the consequences of an unhealthy diet. That's a sin against prudence, right? And it leads to bad outcomes. It leads to people being overweight and unhealthy. Same thing in the gym. People aren't always thoughtful about what they do in the gym. And not just in terms of being effective, but they might do things that get themselves hurt. They might injure themselves because they're not being thoughtful. That is a sin against prudence. Another sin or vice that you can fall into would be precipitation. And precipitation is what's called jumping to conclusions, not really, you know, deliberating, uh, uh, to the extent that you that you should, uh, and you see this again very much related in in uh, fitness and diet, where people kind of hop from one gimmick or one fad to another. They don't really ever do the research to figure out well what what's the truth of the matter here, uh, and rather they're just very susceptible to gimmicks and marketing, and they'll just kind of jump to conclusions about what must be true without again proper deliber deliberation. It's a sin against prudence. It leads people astray, right? Another sin against prudence or vice that I think relates to fitness and health would be inconstancy. And inconstancy is not acting upon proper judgment, which is what we just previously talked about, right? So if you judge, hey, you know, maybe it would be good for me to get up a half hour earlier so I could do some stretching and working out. Um, inconstancy would be when you judge it, that's a good thing to do, but you just fail to do it. You fail to set the alarm clock. You fail to get up a half hour earlier. You fail to follow through. So these are some of the vices against prudence that I think relate uh, to or inhibit the development of virtue or even instill bad habits that bear in on matters related to healthy exercise and healthy eating, right? But we can see how... Um, we can reverse this and and develop prudence in relation to healthy exercise and healthy eating. We can do research and we can try and really get to the truth of the matter. Okay, what has been demonstrated and proven to be, you know, an effective and healthy and sustainable diet and exercise program? We can really deliberate, try and cut through the fog. We can uh, not just jump to conclusions based on advertisements that we see. And then we can figure out good practical ways to be consistent on following through on the decisions we make. Maybe we need to get some support systems. Maybe we need to hire a coach. We'll talk about some of these the practical things in future episodes. But we can see how, uh, as it relates to fitness and health, that we could develop prudence uh, by by being aware of what the vices are and making sure we're not falling prey to those. Okay, let's talk about justice. Now, this is an interesting one. A lot of people don't maybe don't always immediately think about justice related to fitness. But what is justice? Well, justice is giving one what they are owed. It's giving someone their due. Now, sometimes that might be a negative thing like punishment. If somebody is a criminal or they do some bad behavior, they deserve some type of 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 uh, of punishment, of some type of sentencing. Uh, however, it's often a positive thing, right? If somebody works for me and uh, you know, and they're, they're, they're doing good services for me as a business owner. I owe them a just wage. That is something that I owe them. I give them their due. We also have obligations to God. Of course, God created us. He gave us everything that we have. So we owe God our worship. We owe God our gratitude. We, we owe God everything, right? And we certainly owe God our obedience. That's another big one. So it's also important to realize that justice includes respecting persons, right? Now, that also means that we have obligations to ourselves in the order of justice, because if justice is respecting persons, well, we're persons, and 
we need to respect ourselves, right? Because we are things of inherent dignity and worth because we are made in the image and likeness of God. And that will include respecting our bodies as well, not treating our bodies just as a receptacle for junk food and and just and and really neglecting uh, the obligations that we have to live a healthy life. So it's also important uh, in the matter of justice to obey the commands of proper authority. And the highest authority, of course, is God, who entrusted us with care over creation, including our own bodies, right? Uh, we are not our own. We were bought with a price, as we read in scripture, right? So to mistreat our bodies is a sin against justice, not in, a sin against ourselves as persons, but also it could be a sin of ingratitude, uh, and a sin of disobedience. And those relate, of course, to to God. And, and those are those are serious sins, right? God has entrusted us with care over creation. He's entrusted us uh, with what he made us to be, body, soul, composites. So we owe it to ourselves and to God uh, to respect our bodies, to take care of our bodies, right? Now, some other sins against injustice that commonly crop up related to mainstream fitness culture or people who really get into to healthy eating and exercise um, uh, would be as follows, right? So, so one is hypocrisy. You see this, you see this a lot or kind of virtue signaling a false show of virtue. Yeah. Some, you know, that's people act like that they've kind of done more than they really have, or they're some type of great moral leader when they might be failing in many respects, but they're just very obsessive in the gym. That's, that's one thing to keep on the, on the eye out for. Another one of course is envy. Uh, envy is a sin against justice because that's allowing yourself to be sad or mad about another person's good fortune. So when people get really envious in the gym, envious about somebody's physique or physical accomplishments, definitely a sin against justice, definitely something to keep on the lookout for. Do not want to fall into the sin of envy. Covetousness or greed is another one. And that's again, being excessively desirous of another person's physical accomplishments, their physique, what they've done, definitely a sin against justice. Mockery, that's a big one, like making fun of another person's uh, appearance or performance or something like that. Gossip, you see this, that happens in gyms a lot, right? So so all these, you know, are, are, are vices that are pretty prevalent, uh, sort of, again, in mainstream fitness culture and that one could easily sort of slide into if they're not careful. I'll, I'll frankly admit that I slid into a number of these myself over the years. So remember that a virtue is a golden mean, right? It's that, it's that moral sweet spot between excess and deficiency, right? So if you take something like courage, right? Courage is, uh, it's not being reckless. That would be, a, that would be excessive that like just running into dangerous situations because you like the thrill of it. That's a vice. Uh, but courage is also not cowardice, which is not facing up to difficult situations. Even when you know you should courage is just doing that facing up to difficult situations when you know it is good and right to do so. But it's the moral sweet spot between excesses of like, uh, recklessness, or cowardice. So always keeping in mind that virtue is that golden mean, that moral sweet spot, right? So in order for like an action to be really good, right? In order to have a virtue, we need not just a good action in and of itself, right? And, you know, an action that isn't intrinsically evil, but it also needs to be done with the right intentions and the right, and in the right circumstances, right? So exercising, fine, good, good action, right? But am I doing it with the right intentions, right? This is very important. So if, if I'm only exercising because I want to impress some woman at the gym and maybe have an adulterous affair, well, that's a really bad thing, right? So that that just corrupts the entire enterprise. Like now it's just a, a really bad thing that I'm doing, even if it's otherwise associated to an action that in itself could be quite good. Or think about circumstances, right? Like, okay, exercise, good. Uh, but like if I have uh, a funeral to go to of a close family member and people are depending on me to be there and I'm like, no, I really got to get my workout in. 
again, wrong circumstances, bad action, whole thing is bad, right? So for something to be good, we need the action itself to be good. We need the intentions to be good and we need the circumstances to be good. So right action, right intention, right circumstances. Always keep that in mind. It's not just the action, intentions and circumstances matter also. Okay, continuing on with our discussion of the virtues, let's move on to temperance. Temperance, again, is about regulating our pursuit of pleasure. And this is most obviously related to food, drink, and sex. So without temperance, a person is at risk of being sort of driven around by their passions, just uh, chaotically. Uh, Plato gives the example of, uh, you know, a, a chariot being pulled by horses in all crazy directions because the the person in the chariot is just incapable of restraining and rationally guiding the horses. That's like what intemperance is, right? So reason must orient our passions and steer ourselves in a proper direction. And that's where temperance comes in, right? Passions aren't bad, right? Uh, passions are good and pursuit of pleasure is good because we can use passions to like, you know, whoop ourselves up and to face up to difficult challenges and, and to do hard things. So passions are good, but they must be guided by reason. They have to be properly ordered. They have to be uh, steered in the right direction. And at times they have to be reined in. So that way we make sure we are pursuing what is really and truly good, not just what is apparently good or, or outwardly vicious. So temperance is about regulating our pursuit of pleasure. Now, pleasures are associated again with things that are generally in and of themselves good, but have a proper context and proportion. And food and sex are the obvious examples. So, you know, gorging on the standard American diet, tons of hyper palatable foods, pizza, chips, soda, is just classic intemperate behavior and, and obviously wildly unhealthy. So when, it, you know, related to eating and drinking, then temperance is aided by a, a part of temperance would be abstinence, right? Which is just not eating or, or drinking when it is inappropriate. It doesn't mean like extreme asceticism. It just, it means, hey, there's, there's times when it's appropriate to eat and drink, and there's going to be times when it's not appropriate to eat and drink. So a simple example would just be continuing to eat like beyond excess after you've already had a a filling meal, for example, that would be intemperate behavior. Uh, and it would be bad to, you know, continue eating in circumstances, uh, where it would clearly or obviously injure one's health, right? Especially if you already have health risks or you're already overweight, right? To continue to be intemperate there, uh, is, uh, going to harm you really. And seriously. And, and I think it's very important to understand that so much of the good and moral life is really about, uh, you know, pursuing our good overall. We have spiritual goods, we have mental goods, we have physical goods. And health is, of course, a very important physical good, right? Uh, and we know that that overeating, obesity is strongly associated with, with so many diseases uh, from cancer, heart disease, stroke, diabetes, all these things. So temperance has a really important role to play here uh, in, in our overall uh, flourishing. Um, so, you know, what? It, but this is important is that what's temperate uh, you know, varies with person and context. So, you know, um, depending, you know, for some people, it actually might make sense to abstain completely from alcohol, right? If like, if you know that you've already got issues of, uh, of addiction in your family and that, and that you have uh, a hard time regulating a, a sort of moderate consumption of things, sometimes just drawing a hard line is appropriate, but for other people, uh, moderation is more appropriate whether with alcohol or, or food, and it could mean just having a bite of, of cheesecake instead of an entire slice. So again, context and circumstances are important. There's no you know definitive right answer to what the temperate thing is to do. It depends on the person and the circumstances, but it's always going to relate to regulating our passions and 
with respect to eating and drinking, not eating and drinking when it is inappropriate to do so, even if what is inappropriate will depend again on the person and the circumstances. So just very important to keep in mind that there is an objective fact of the matter, but it's contingent upon who the person is, where they're at in life, what they struggle with, and the circumstances at hand. So another thing to keep in mind is temperance is often powered. Another part of ten, uh, temperance is called uh, is continence. And continence is the strong force of reason applied in resisting the pull of passions in an immoral direction. I'll say that one more time. Continence is the strong application of reason to resisting the pull of passions in an immoral direction. Look, I know the doc said that if I keep eating this cheesecake, um, bad things are going to happen. I really want the cheesecake, but reason is telling me that I need to just get the cheesecake out of my house, right? That, and it's allowing reason to resist the pull of passions. That's continence, right? All right. Uh, now, what are some of the vices or sins against temperance that I think are most related to fitness and bodily health? Uh, gluttony. That's the big one, right? This is just being uh, overly indulgent, overeating, just letting your passions completely rule over you, especially as it relates to, to food. However, there's another sly one here when it relates to gluttony, because gluttony can also be, uh, can also emerge when one is overly picky about one's eating, right? When one only will ever eat the finest and most exquisite foods and you'll offend other people and you'll refuse hospitality from other people, that is gluttonous behavior. And you'll kind of see that on the opposite end of the spectrum of people who are so into fitness and health uh, that they just offend other people. They never accept hospitality. Uh, they 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 spend and, and and really waste extravagant amounts of money for all this gimmicky uh, stuff that that really I would argue scientifically doesn't make uh, any difference. Uh, that is a form of gluttony as well. So that is another that that's one of those. But that's one of those things. Uh, where people could rationalize thinking they're being virtuous where they're actually being vicious. So it's not, gluttony isn't just overeating. It can also be overly picky about what you eat as well. Uh, so whereas the former is kind of the obvious one, the latter is sometimes disguised as a virtue when it is really a vice. So you want to just always keep that in mind. Now, again, I'll tell you from experience, that's something that I used to slip into quite a bit myself. And I've had to, uh, I've had to work on getting out of it. And it is work, right? Because uh, virtues and vices are habits. And as we said, habits are things that are hard to get rid of. So we need God's grace. We need to pray and we need to just try and etch out new patterns of behavior over time. Uh, and to develop a habit, of course, and especially a virtue is, you know, more tedious in the beginning. Um, but the idea is that we eventually make the good accessible. And then once we have the habit set, we make it effortless that we make the good at first accessible. And then because we've etched out the habit, Hopefully it becomes easier and easier over time. It becomes more effortless. Okay, let us talk about fortitude, very important one. So fortitude is the strength of mind to overcome challenges in pursuit of our perfection, our happiness of the objectively good life. So also sometimes goes by the name of courage. And it means simply this, that we're willing to face down difficult tasks, perhaps even death, if reason demands it, to live a good and happy life. So fortitude means doing what reason demands, even when we don't feel like it. And how often is that the case with related to fitness and health? I don't feel like exercising right now. I don't feel like eating healthy, but you know what? Reason says that we can see this is the right and good thing to do. So we just, we just say, Hey, look, the facts don't care about our feelings. We got to do this, right? We got to get it done because it is the good and right thing to do. So we face down difficult tasks because reason demands it as the good and right thing to do. So fortitude often involves overcoming 
uh, or acting in spite of various difficulties. Some, some of those might be fear, right? And it doesn't have to be something like, you know, storming the, the beaches of Normandy, right? Fear could be something like as simple as gym intimidation. I get this a lot in the fitness in the industry. People say, Pat, I want to start working out, but honestly, I'm a little intimidated to go to the gym. I feel like I'm going to be embarrassed. Um, uh, so, so fortitude would say, Hey, we, we acknowledge that that's a, that's a, that's a real fear that people have, but reason demands that this is a, a, you know, a prudent step for you to take. So you face up to that difficult task. You face up to that fear. You get in the gym anyways, you learn what to do and you do what you need to do. You do what you should do, not eliminating fear. I think it's, it's, it's unreasonable to think we'll ever eliminate fear, but acting, in the face of fear because it is the good and right thing to do. That's often why fortitude also goes by the name of courage. Fortitude also has parts that power it. And fortitude is often powered by both endurance and aggression. So, you know, sticking through tough efforts, bearing pain, working through fear and sorrow. Um, that's, that's endurance, right? And aggression, uh, you know, common misunderstanding what aggression means, but in the great tradition, ag aggression is just having the mental resolve or the mental preparation to overcome obstacles. So when we're prudent, we anticipate that things are going to kind of be hard in the moral life, right? That there's lots of obstacles and difficulties in life. So aggression is really that sort of mental preparation for those hard things. Like we have this right anticipation. We understand it's going to be hard and, and we prepare for that and we have the mental resolve to push through it. And endurance, of course, means completing that task when we're in it and not declaring retreat unless reason demands it. Sometimes retreat makes sense. It actually does. So retreating isn't always a bad thing, but unless reason demands it, endurance powers fortitude by saying no. We stay on the task until the task is complete because we know it is the good thing to do. Uh, okay, so what are some sins and vices against uh, fortitude? Cowardice is the big one, right? And that's fleeing from something when reason demands that we should face up to it. And this could be something as mild as just abandoning uh, entirely a healthy exercise and eating program, right? Just because it's moderately difficult. Uh, that would be a form of cowardice. When we know that we should be doing this, it's moderately difficult, uh, and we, we sort of flee from it, right? That would, be the, that would be a sin against fortitude to do that. When, we, when reason demands that something is good, but we abandon it because uh, we just aren't willing to face up to a difficult task. Now, another big one um, is just failing to live up, uh, another big one in terms of, of sort of vice or sin against fortitude is failing to live up to do the work necessary to satisfy our duties our moral obligations, especially to ourselves. And, and of course this would just be sloth, uh, which oftentimes people associate with being lazy. So, I mean, this sums up, uh, so much of the sort of, uh, sort of, you know, mainstream American attitude towards health and fitness, you know, think of the person who, instead of taking a daily walk or doing some regular form of exercise, always opts to just sit down and, and uh, binge Netflix or play video games while, ha you know, with the, with the bowl of Cheetos and stuff like that. That's slothful behavior. That is a sin against fortitude. Failing to live up to your duties and do the work necessary to live a good and moral life. So, you know, um, a few other things related to, to fortitude, uh, especially as, as we kind of wrap up this initial lesson here, just to keep an eye out for as, as we dive deeper into our exploration of fitness and health is that um, especially in mainstream fitness culture, we we see uh, vain glory, which is sort of the pursuit of excessive and undeserved glory. Rather than trying to add anything really good to the world or yourself, you just kind of want this kind of, hey, look at me, look at me attitude. Uh, just wanting to be famous for the sake of being famous. Obviously, that promotes sort of great narcissism and, and ego comparativeness. And you can think of all the sort of online fitness influencers and, and models. And again, guilty. Pat Flynn was guilty of this. 
Um, you know, we, we all kind of can easily slip into that, especially when we start seeing results and we start feeling better about the way we look. Um, it's just something to keep on the lookout for. So the big lesson here is that fitness and health, we have moral obligations, certainly as Catholics, to pursue health, uh, not to be obsessive about it, but to pursue health, of course, in the right way, in the right proportion. Um, but also in doing so, we have to be mindful that there are potential vicious behaviors that can attach to actions that are otherwise good, right? Doing uh, good things, but for the wrong reasons or in the wrong circumstances. And that's why I wanted to start out with this first lesson, just setting the groundwork of what virtues are, and then talking through what I believe are some of the important opportunities to develop in virtue as we uh, move more into the practical uh, applications for uh, building a stronger, fitter body and, and eating uh, healthier foods, eating, eat, you know, having a lifestyle that really promotes physical bodily health, how we can uh, make sure that that tends us uh, towards developing habits that do promote the good life while also being aware and hopefully avoiding um, uh, viciousness or vices. So I hope that this was a, a helpful introductory episode uh, for you. Of course, if you have any questions, I'm, I'm happy to, to, to offer any clarifications. Uh, but to me, this is what it's all about. I think that, uh, that uh, fitness can be great fun. Uh, God wants us to flourish. He wants us, uh, you know, he gave us bodies. Bodies are good. The body is not something to escape from. It's not something that came from some evil other uh, Manichaean uh, type of, of, uh, of bad God, right? You know, anything that exists, exists because apart from God, because he created it, it's good. Uh, we have obligations to take care of it. And I'm very excited uh, to talk to you about some of the ways we can do that and make it practical, efficient, and fun. So we'll catch you on the next lesson.